Hello, and welcome to Shed. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Kevin Hooks. Kevin has had a successful career in Hollywood as a director, producer, and actor. He got his start playing the lead in the movie Sounder, and in his recent attempt at retirement, he's been living on the vineyard. In this episode, Kevin talks about a career shaped by stories about race. Welcome to Shed, Kevin. Hey, uh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you, man. Yeah, really great to I'm have looking you. Looking forward to it. Where to begin with you? Your, your career covers so much. Um, I'm so tempted to just dive into Sounder because for anybody my age and older, uh, particularly African Americans, uh, Sounder was such an important film. I don't know. Do you realize yeah. how important it is or I how do, important <clears throat> it was when you were making it? Yeah, I actually, I, I, I had an inclination that it was an important film when we were making it. And I remember um, one day I, I said to Martin Ritt, the director, I said, uh, this, this movie could get nominated for an Oscar, couldn't it? Hmm. And he immediately shut that down. And he said, no, 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 no. It's much too small a film. And uh, I, I think he was doing that, A, because he believed it. Mm-hmm. It was a small film. Um, and then B, of course, as a director, he didn't want his 12-year-old, you know, uh, actor to to sort of get lost in the the whole glamour of filmmaking and hmm. being in movies and that whole thing. Did you get lost in the glamour of making that movie? No, hmm. no, no, I did not. Um, kind of hard to get lost in the glamour when you are running through, you know, cow dung <laughs> um, in southern Louisiana, mm-hmm. in, you know, in 95 degree weather with, you know, 50% humidity. So no, I didn't get caught up in that at all. Uh, but But also, I didn't get caught up because I had actors, um, namely two stellar, brilliant Academy Award-nominated actors in Paul Winfield and Cicely Tyson. Giants. uh, Who were there uh, holding down the fort, and they kept me focused. Um, They really, really sort of set an example of a work, work ethic that, um, that I wasn't even aware of going into it. But once I was in it, I, I knew I was, you know, I had to bring my A game, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. So, no, I didn't get caught up in it. Um, it was just about the work. But I knew the work was important. I knew the story was important. Um, How old were you at the time? I had my 13th birthday on the set. Wow. Um, so I started, I was 12, mm-hmm. and um, I ended it feeling much older than that, mm-hmm. frankly. Uh, a lot of lot of revelation in that uh, experience. Was that your first acting job? No, it wasn't actually. It was my first major film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had started out uh, a few years earlier at the age of ten, uh, nine or ten. I did an episode of my father's series. My father's Robert Hooks, and he is retired now, but mm-hmm. was a actor, uh, director, producer. Uh, in his own right, uh, theater founder, founded the Negro Ensemble Company in New York in the wow. 60s and the whole thing. Um, and at any rate, so um, that was, uh, he was doing a series called NYPD. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did uh, an episode of that one scene with a guy by the name of Al Pacino. And I heard uh, of him. yeah, I heard it. Yeah, he did okay for himself. <laughs> he did all right. Yeah, he did all right. 
um, that was my first gig, and uh, and then I started going to interviews. And uh, Sounder came about because Lonnie Elder the Third, who was sort of my play uncle and a dear dear friend of my father's, wrote the adaptation uh, from the book. And uh, it was a child's book. From yeah, it was a children's book. Exactly. It was basically, right. it was it was through the eyes of the dog, and the, it was the, the boy and the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, that's that. Uh, my uncle was responsible for giving the family names hmm. um, because the book was all the boy, the mother, the father. It was very, very, very simplistic in that way, or universal, if you will, and. Um, so I uh, so Sounder was was sort of my first big film, mm-hmm. but I had uh, I had done JT was the first thing um, after I did NYPD. Mm-hmm. I I starred in a CBS children's special called JT um, about a boy in Harlem uh, with a cat. Uh, Jane Wagner wrote the uh, wrote the book and the and the screenplay. So that was my first sort of, you know, coming out party. And then I, I got Sounder and, um, you know, that kind of got me going. Mm-hmm. The thing I remember most about Sounder is it was the first time I felt um, emotional after watching a film. It was also the fil- first film I remember watching that uh, really focused on the life, the strength, yeah. the love that existed in black families. You know, watching it again the other night, I realized that there were themes of systemic racism throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the, sh- the the idea of sharecropping and what that life was like. Um, you're entering... Criminal justice system. Criminal justice system. Well. You right. know? Yeah. How, yeah. how prisoners were made to work for the benefit of... A, a company, I think it was a mining company in, right. in the film. Right. And when they were of no no longer of use to the to the company, they were released early. Yeah. Also, uh, your first the first school that you went to in the film was a segregated school, mm-hmm. and you were one of a couple of students sitting in the back. And the teacher I remember was reading from uh, Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. And you could see your disengagement with the education process. Yeah. But when you stumbled into a, an all-black school with an all-black teacher who read to you about W.E.B. Du Bois, right. it changed things for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there were, you know, uh, it's very interesting you mentioned that you saw it uh, recently because I did as well hmm. um, less than a month ago. Um, I was in Los Angeles and the, um, the Academy Museum Academy of uh, Motion Picture Arts and Sciences now has a museum. It's only been open a few months, uh, but they've got a state-of-the-art theater, and they are doing a series called uh, Sunday Cinema or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And a few weeks ago, they screened Sounder, and they asked if I would attend and do a little Q&A before the screening. Wow. Which I did. Uh, I was reluctant, to be absolutely honest Why? with you. Well, because um, Sounder is such a deeply personal experience for me and has been, um, it's difficult for me to look backwards uh, at it. Um, so many of, of those great people who were involved in it are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, my first instinct was that I, I didn't want to go there. And in fact, I, haven't, I hadn't seen the movie for about 25 years before mm. the other night. 
So, but as, as irony would have it, when I got the email about attending, I was just about finished with Cicely Tyson's autobiography, which I, my mother gave me uh, for Christmas, and I was reading it. And I think, you know, listen, you said it was an emotional experience for you just yes. watching the film. Imagine what it's like, mm -hmm. you know, to have experienced it. Um, and there was something about that irony of reading her book and then having this email show up that when I slept on it, I realized that was Cicely telling me, that was her wow. handing the baton to me wow. and saying, this is now your legacy to hold up for all of us. So... Yeah, I'll get a little choked up. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it brings back incredible memories. But... I watched it that night and uh, with my family. Mm -hmm. And every time I have seen that film throughout my life, it has, I've had a different reaction to it. What was your most recent reaction? Oh, those themes that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, because it's hard to separate sometimes the experience of making a film, especially one as seminal as that, uh, where you're so young when you go into it. It's it's like going on a, a grand vacation, you know, with your family when you're a kid. And, of course, it you remember it a certain way in spite of the fact that it may have been something else. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and in this situation, I think that, um, you know, as you get older and you, are, you become more aware of, um, you know, what race really uh, represents and how it is perceived uh, in this country, um, you know, and particularly post-George Floyd mm -hmm. 2020, mm -hmm. um, all of the issues that we are dealing with with critical race theory in schools um, or not, that stuff you can't help but carry into the viewing of that film. Um, and so it's had a different impact on me. I was really happy that I saw it. I really was. Mm -hmm. I was, it was time for me to revisit it. What's your family think of it? Uh, it's interesting. I talked to my daughters, uh, you know, I, I was curious about that right away. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> to, to each one of them, I have three kids and they all kind of said it was like watching a family movie, like a home movie, because, <laughs> My not only am I in it at age twelve, my brother, their uncle, is in it at age eight. Right. So they were like, "It's just the two of you guys <laughs> fooling around, like you know you do now. So you're just younger." Um, so, uh, but but no, they they obviously get the importance mm -hmm. of the film. I think it's um, and I and I and I thought this was a unique opportunity to watch it with them, mm -hmm. which is another reason why I decided to do it. You know, it was sort of a once in a lifetime opportunity, yeah. and um, so yeah, it's um, it's had a tremendous impact. I'm 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 really thankful to have been a part of it, um, and to be able to carry that legacy, you know forward mm -hmm. it, it was in the realm of roots for many of us you know it, it predates roots but it had the same kind of effect of feeling a sense of pride um being in touch with 
how much we've overcome and how much right. resilience we have as a people right. that we've gotten through. And also the bond with your father, I yeah. thought was particularly yeah. touching. And I looked at it differently now, now that I'm a father, seeing the connection that you had with him and, yeah. and your journey to really reclaim him was really emotional. You know, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, that bond, uh, you know, there's a scene in that film when, um, not to give it away, but I'm hope- hopefully everybody's <laughs> seen it. If by you now. haven't, you need to. <clears throat> but there's a scene in there where um, I, I get a letter that I've been accepted to this, this school, this, this uh, all black school that you were talking about. And um, at that point, my father's returned home from prison injured. And uh, I really just want to stay home with him. Mm -hmm. And he's adamant that I should go to the school. And I go running off to this creek and, you know, he follows me and we have this chat. And that scene, I I remember that day uh, like it was yesterday. Every time we did that scene, I cried. Wow. I couldn't help it. Because the theme of family, he has a line in that, and he says, we're going to love you no matter where you are. I remember. And I just, that blew my mind. I, I never I never quite thought about love, family support in that way. Like, we're going to love you no matter where you are in this world or beyond, mm. right? So uh, we did that scene, and but there's, but there's a, one key thing in that, that I think, I don't know who came up with it, but it was something that when I directed the sort of second version of that for ABC some mm-hmm. years later, I, I put back into the, the script. And it was the handshake. Which handshake? That there, were, there, were, there were handshakes between he and I, um, uh, the father and the son, uh, throughout the film. And it starts at the very beginning, the night that they go hunting, and they come back, and he says good night, and they have a handshake, and then and it goes on, and and uh, he they have another handshake when he goes to visit him in the jail, uh, through the bars, and then the the last one that I recall is there in that scene on the on the uh, the creek, and there's another handshake, and. You know, it's it's like one of those things you don't see families do that. And it meant so much that, you know, I put it back in the other script hmm. and I said, no, 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 we're doing the handshake hmm. because it's it's such a visual bond and it's such a sign of respect. He also said something to me in that scene that that I just recently heard. And that's the other thing is I hear different things when I watch it. And he said something like, I think his last line to me in that scene is, do you think we can get to be friends? Yes. And I just, it just, again, it just blew my mind. Do you think, I mean, imagine a father saying to his son, do you think we can get to be friends? And that tells you so much about the humanity of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that stunned a lot of people, particularly non-blacks. Mm-hmm. In fact, Cicely talks about in her book when she was on the press tour that uh, there was a reporter that asked her a question about it, but he he framed his question by saying that he had no idea that black families uh, behaved or treated one another in the same way that he treated his children. 
Wow, what a statement. Yeah, and uh, and she said she had to do everything she could to hold back from really saying what she wanted to say. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that, that spoke volumes. And I think that that film, so much of what was wonderful about that film was not the spoken words, although they were brilliant. Lonnie Elder was nominated for an Oscar uh, as well. He should have been. But it was the work that was done between the lines, hmm. the gestures, the looks, um, the behavior, the body language. Um, you know, those things really were masterful uh, with, uh, from Cicely and Paul. And they taught me so much. Interestingly, I think the picture was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Cicely re received a nomination for Best Actress. Paul Winfield received a Best Actor uh, nomination. Right. But you were really the one that carried that film, Kevin. Yeah, I don't want to go there. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's, 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 you know, it's a very interesting thing because in a lot of ways you're right. Um, my work... Um, you know, I'm very proud of for sure. Um, but when I look at it, uh, you know, they were very, very deserving, you know, um, uh, the, the work that they did, I thought was, was just phenomenal. Um, and, and you know, what's, what makes it even more remarkable is that they weren't on screen as long as I was, um, but also, too, you know, it's funny because I, I think about that a lot. You know, that that was the year that The Godfather was nominated. Is that so, right? Yeah. So the Best Supporting Actor category was, you know, populated by at least three actors from that. Jimmy Kahn, Robert Duvall. I think Pacino was in there, too. So I didn't have a chance, you man. I, you know, I should have been in The Godfather. I would have had a chance. <laughs> not sure what part you would have played. In I, 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 don't, I don't think I would have liked it as much. Uh, that's for sure. Wow. I hate to leave Sounder, but um, I want to move on to some of your other work. And, you know, one of the things you did that was equally as important well, maybe not equally, but very important to me as a young man was The White Shadow. Hmm. Hmm. And um, all my friends and I watched it. You know, it was one of our well, thank you. favorite, that. I mean, favorite things to watch. Yeah. You know, and it, my black friends, my white friends, the adults could watch it. It really had a mass appeal. Yeah. It was lighthearted, you know, and funny, but also it it tackled some really serious subjects absolutely yeah. gun violence teen pregnancy yep. um sexually transmitted Sex, diseases uh, uh, sexual identity sexual identity uh, i mean yeah. it was really ahead of its time in that way yeah yeah no it really was i think uh, you know bruce paltrow who was the executive producer creator of that um along with ken howard um it was based upon ken howard's uh I believe high school experience where he was, uh, I think he was the only white guy on the basketball team. So they kind of flipped the script on that Interesting. a little bit. But uh, I think it was really important to them to uh, address those kind of issues. And uh, you're right, it was a perfect balance of sort of, um, you know, important issue um, oriented themes, but dealt with you know, in an environment where, you know, it was a lot of camaraderie, a lot of fun, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, and a lot of light humored kind of approach. So 
Yeah, the white shadow was obviously very important to me. Um, you know, it's uh, my my. It was sort of like adult college in a way. Mm. Um, I was nineteen or twenty when I was doing it. I think when I finished, when we finished, I was twenty-one. So mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, those were those formative years that you know, if I wasn't doing that, I would have been in in college mm-hmm. somewhere. So that was sort of my college experience, mm-hmm. right? Um, I just got, I, I just got paid as opposed to paying them, which was really <laughs> nice. If, if you can call what they were giving me like pay, but at any rate, uh, more like a stipend at that point. Mm. But, uh, but you know, it changed my life. Um, again, it was something that we were very proud of in terms of how it dealt with, uh, current events and issues. Um, but then from a personal standpoint, it was also the place where a decision was made. I started to, I was approached by Bruce Paltrow during the fifth episode of the first season. So we had just gotten started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kevin, he, let me interrupt. He went on to do a lot of directing some very important films, didn't he? He did. No, Bruce, Bruce mainly uh, did he stayed on the producing side, oh, he but did. he he went on to do Saint Elsewhere, okay, um, which is where I started directing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, and of course, you know, he's the father of Gwyneth, mm-hmm. and um, um, you know, uh, so at any rate, uh, but but he came up to me during I never forget he came up to me during the fifth episode, and he said, uh, "What are you going to do after the show is over?" And I thought he was basically telling me that the show was being canceled and Mm. I was was shocking because we were just getting started and I asked him that and he said no 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 no. I just wondered because it's very difficult for black actors and I know a lot of black actors who have had a hard time kind of maintaining their careers wow it's not enough roles so first of all I thought wow that's incredible that he's aware of that Mm -hmm. Um, but where's this going and he said, uh, well, listen, if you have any aspirations at all to do anything other than act, i.e. writing or directing, feel free to take advantage of our resources. You want to go to the editing room to see how it all gets put together. You want to come to casting sessions, you know, production meetings. for him to do. Right. And, um, you know, at first, again, I, I was skeptical because mm-hmm. I thought, mm, it doesn't, that sounds too good to be true. And then, you know, again, I slept on it. I woke up and I said, you'll never know if it's legit if you don't take advantage of it. You have to call them on that. And uh, so for the next year, um, I was on the set every day, whether I was working or not. And I was there first thing in the morning at call. Mm -hmm. And I was there last thing at night at rap every day. Mm. And eventually they gave me an opportunity, uh, plugged me into an episode to direct. And uh, then we got canceled. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you do wrong? So Yeah, it's like, it's my fault. Um, So I did not get a chance to direct an episode of White Shadow, but they promised me the next show Mm -hmm. that they would let me direct. And that was St. Elsewhere. So that's where I started directing. Wow. And a number of guys from the cast went on to have yeah. careers in directing. Absolutely, yeah. Thomas Carter uh, uh, went went out before me, and he was uh, a mentor for me. Uh, Timmy Van Patten uh, went on to do all kinds of stuff, uh, Boardwalk Empire, The Sopranos, mm-hmm. uh, Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. 
uh, he has really carved out a great career for himself. And there are others too mm-hmm. that, that came from that camp. So it was a, it was a very, it was a life changing, um, you know, experience for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, you know, growing up when you first became of race and the implications of race, you know, there are different levels of awareness, right? And so, um, you know, there's the sort of like unconscious awareness of something, meaning, you know, you find yourself in an area that outside of the one that you live in, mm-hmm. which is all black. And then you find yourself at the Ninth Street Market, mm-hmm. which back then was called the Italian Market. Mm-hmm. And it's like nobody looks like you, right? Um, or you find yourself um, passing through Maniunk mm-hmm. with the basketball team on a bus and nobody looks like you. And you're like, oh, wow, okay, this is different. And I'm still in the same city. I'm literally right. only you know, a handful of blocks from where I live. Right. And you feel a difference, right? Um, and so I think that that was sort of the first, the first thing that, that feelings that I got about race mm-hmm. um as a young kid growing up because what, what, what were those feelings kevin um they were they were feelings of uh discomfort frankly mm-hmm. um and confusion because you know i came from a family uh with my father of course being in the industry i came from a family that was uh, very inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were in the arts, and so you know, we were around a lot of different people from different cultures, from different walks of life, um, and so I sort of carried that with me, those expectations with me wherever I went. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I learned that that wasn't the case, particularly when I went to private school, um, when I right after Sounder. I went to a private school in Philly, uh, Friend Central School, mm-hmm. which was wonderful, by the way. It was great, and I still have um, Quaker you know, contacts there. Quaker School, mm-hmm. um, and but you know that world was different, all also. So you know these were things. This is where I started to put it together. But I, but but I have to say that where it really hit home for me was in Southern Louisiana. Um, you know, as as a young, you know, teenager at that point, um, you know, living in, in Louisiana for those two and a half, three months that we were there doing, doing uh, Sounder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there were a couple things that, that really were, you know, I laugh about it now, but I remember, I remember, I just, I just, it, it really kind of enlightened me as to where I was. And that was the first day that we got to uh, Louisiana. We got off the plane and we were hit by that that humidity and the heat. And it was just, and you have to keep in mind, I was 12, my brother was eight. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the first thing we thought when we got to the hotel room is we saw, we saw a pool. And that was something mm-hmm. that we didn't have an opportunity to do. You know, we had to go to the Y to go to the pool in our neighborhood. Why? Right? To the Y, the YMCA. But Why? Well, because we didn't have a pool. I mean, we didn't, you know. I mean, there were there were outdoor pools, but we preferred to go to the Y. But that that was preference. But we got down there and we were like, "Dad, we want to go swimming." So we get to the hotel, 
And the first thing we do before we unpack anything is we dig through, we find our trunks, mm-hmm. we put them on, and he's like, okay, we're going to go downstairs. And uh, I remember we used to do a race. So we jump in the deep end of the pool, and then you have to stay underwater, and you have to sort of swim to the other end. And that was my brother and I did this thing. Right? So did my brother and I. Yeah, so we did that. Now, you have to remember that when we get to the pool, there's nobody that looks like us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all, you know, white folks that are around, that lounge chairs and whatnot, and the pool is, is full of white kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we didn't, didn't dawn on us that this was a, a segregated pool. And we jumped in, and I can only liken it to the opening scene of Jaws, uh, where from the shark's point of view, you see all of the kids scrambling out of the pool and hands coming in and reaching kids and and pulling them out. And by the time we got from one end to the other end of the pool and came up, the pool was empty. Wow. And I remember looking around and I looked at my father and, and we kind of shared a look. And then we looked to my eight year old brother and we're like, okay, we're down here in the deep south. This is the reality of it. I knew what it meant, but it was what, how was he going to deal with it? And uh, he just kind of took a few beats and he looked around and he said, this is great. We got the whole pool to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, everything was cool. But what, what, was the, <clears throat> what was the look between your father? What was unsaid there? Um. This is the South. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the culture of the South. You are not welcome here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was, it was, it it was a conversation and a dialogue in one look mm-hmm. because the thoughts that were going through my head, and I'm sure the thoughts that were going through his head, were being communicated without words. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, because this was 1970. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I grew up, you know, w- during the civil rights movement and watching, you know, the March on Washington mm-hmm. and, you know, the the whole Selma thing. And, you know, all of that stuff was either on television or in Jet or Ebony, mm-hmm. one or the other. So I saw a lot of those images, you know, and I knew that there was hostility towards people who looked like me. And, um, you know, but it's one of those things that children have a tendency to sort of put things away until they need them. Mm -hmm. And what became, you know, painfully apparent in that moment was you got to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to really be aware, much more aware than you've ever been, because you are kind of in enemy territory. And that's unfortunate do you think that that's still true in some ways today yeah yeah yeah, absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah i i think you know listen it's it's all fear-based right um you know the bottom line is is that you know um our unfortunately you know the the culture in this in this country in large part has has been about debunking the truths of this so-called democracy Mm. um, and the foundation of this so-called democracy. Yes, it's an experiment, but to a lot of people, it's not. And, um, 
and that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that um, I still feel that way mm-hmm. for sure, um, and it's unfortunate, but it's the reality of of where we are. I want to just tell a quick story of the first time you and I actually spoke. Uh, we have a mutual friend who was trying to connect us. And so when I find we traded some voicemails and some texts, I think. And when I finally reached you, I said, hey, Kevin, Eric Adams here. And and you said rather disappointedly, I might add, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're obviously not the Eric Adams. That's the mayor of New York City. And I said, well, no, I'm not. And I said, well, you're av- obviously not the Kevin Hooks who starred in Sounder in the White Shadow. And you said, well, actually, I am. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> but the reason I was calling you was funny. to see if I could enlist your help in um, participating as a mentor in a mentor program that we've started at the regional high school here. Right. And you immediately said yes. And you said, listen, I'm super busy. I'm going to be all over the place you know, for, for the, the foreseeable future. But I want to be involved, and you came to one of our meetings, and yep. I just wanted to ask you why, why that's so important. Well, because, um, you know, first of all, yeah, thank you very much for inviting me to that. And no, I was not trying to diminish the, uh, <laughs> the self-esteem or the, the, uh, the, the Eric Adams who offers so much to so many. Come on, uh, move on to the question. Yeah, okay, sir. all right. Um, no, it's 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 always been very important for me, um, and I think I got this from my father mm. uh, m- most because he was a, a guy who went into the communities and started theater programs. Um, he did it in New York. He did it in Washington, D.C. with the D.C. Black Repertory Company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he took a lot of... Uh, they performed a lot in in the public parks in front of you know uh, people in the community for free. They they did a lot of things in the community, and um, I saw that model uh, when I was growing up, and um, and it's been very important to me throughout uh, my life. And um, you know, and and sometimes it's hard when you are busy, you know, to 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 get in there and do that. But when you called and you told me what you guys were doing um, over at the high school and with those kids, mm-hmm. um, and you were at the early stages in particular of, of putting it together, yeah. I thought, yeah, I have to, I have to get involved in that. And that's one of the reasons why I came to the vineyard to begin with. And that's one of the things that I love about it is, you know, community and and people that are really involved in the community mm-hmm. in so many different ways. And I thought this was another way that I could could give back. Um, and you know, I, I definitely uh, uh, you know. Uh, well, you're in now. Be no matter where you go, you're, yeah. you're involved. I'm there. I'm there. Kevin, you also um, you talked about the fact that you didn't go to college. No, no. But yet you are ending up <laughs> as a teacher at uh, a historically black college, Morehouse University. Yeah, well, again, that's, you know, when I, uh, no, I didn't, I, I was, because I started out as a young actor, mm-hmm. um, I was I was so tempted by the time I got out of high school to go straight to Los Angeles and see what I could do. I did enroll in community college mm-hmm. in LA when I got there, and then I was, I was there for about a year uh, before the White Shadow came up, and then, of course, I had to drop out. I was in the workforce, and that was that, mm-hmm. uh, but... Yeah, I, I've, you know, again, uh, when I was approached, um, when I quote unquote retired mm-hmm. in 2020, 
um, I was approached by uh, a young lady at um, at uh, the cinema department and uh, at Morehouse College, uh, who was very interested in bringing me on to teach a uh, directing class uh, uh, for seniors there. And uh, I thought, you know, hey, I'm retired. This is a way that I can, you know, connect with the community there, young black man, um, and and really sort of give some of my experience and knowledge to some younger filmmakers. Mm. And uh, so I went down there and taught for a semester right before the pandemic really kicked in. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I did. It was, um, you know, I loved connecting with those young kids and making you know, helping them along and, 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 and really sort of being a part of their lives in a way that uh, they might not ordinarily have. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I may wind up going back there um, in the near future. I hope we'll you see. do. I yeah. hope you do. You yeah. have a lot to offer, Kevin. Thanks. You've already given us quite a bit with your work and just in your spirit of giving back to us already. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Yeah. Shed has been brought to you by the Vineyard Gazette. It is produced by Eric Adams, Bill Evel, Chris Fisher, Amy Schumer, and Jack Ebby, with audio production by Anthony Esposito and Dana Edelman. 